Good evening, Meat Suits. Welcome back to Read It and Weep. We are a good podcast about bad books, movies, and television. This is episode number 201. We have now done as many episodes as the HTTP status code that indicates the success of a post command. Wow. Ooh. Speaking of things that I successfully accessed today and don't feel very excited about, this week <laughs> we're talking about Birdemic, colon, shock, and terror, as well as Birdemic 2, colon, the resurrection, uh, which, interestingly enough, the second one uh, was about Bird Jesus. <laughs> he died for our bird sins. <laughs> <laughs> He's part of the Holy Trinity, eagles, vultures, and seagulls? Yeah, I'll buy that. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Please, let me be the first to eat an egg in his name. (laughs) (laughs) But just so you know, you may believe that the egg actually becomes Bird Jesus, and I think it's just representative of Bird Jesus. Let's fight a war. (laughs) Well, guys, the important thing to remember is that Bird Jesus is in all of our bird hearts. (laughs) Bird Jesus loves all the little chicks. (laughs) (laughs) Is there still KFC in this world? Because I would hope so. Oh, that would be brutal. Yeah, or it's made out of obsessed. Yeah, it's made out of humans this time. Yeah, like, Kentucky Fried Children. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right. This week's episode was sponsored by Bambi from the Porcelain Llama Theater, which is a uh, it's a it's a live play RPG podcast featuring a diverse number of gaming systems and genres, from kids with monsters to future soldiers. They've got Can the just- dice to do it all porcelainlama.com slash theater can I just say guys that uh, I mean Bambi we're sorry that we killed your mom I think we're even now (laughs) Uh, I didn't participate in killing her mom there was a hunter you weren't weren't the hunter no I was not I was complicit I watched and did nothing to help oh well that's the hottest places in the forest fire are reserved for uh, those who did nothing (laughs) to stop Bambi's mom from dying. Do you want us to for- do you want to force us to read a topic or watch a topic of your choice? Anything you want under the sun, Bambi's mother can live or die at your discretion in our video watching. Just go to read-weave.com, click on the green dollar sign in the upper left-hand corner, and you can sponsor an episode. It can be anything. You pick your guest, pick your games, if you have a favorite one, and we will do it for you. And we thank Bambi and the Porcelain Llama Theater Podcast for their sponsorship. Let me introduce you to the to your panel for tonight. I'm your host, Alex Falcone. You can find me on Twitter. I'm at Alex Lowline Falcone. And uh, these are some of my friends. First up, he's at Ezra Fox on Twitter in San Francisco, California. It's Ezra Fox. Alex, the birds are attacking. Quick, get a coat hanger. <laughs> <laughs> we found out in Birdemic 2 that, the, at least from the girls, they can just punch the birds. And yeah. roundhouse kick them. It's yeah. pretty good. Mm-hmm. Just continually punching like a speed bag of each bird, new bird that comes down. They have hollow Natalie bones, just Alex. danced at them. <laughs> yeah. Whatever, whatever you're punching, dance it out. Yeah. <laughs> also joining us today, he's at C. Walter Smith on Twitter in Seattle, Washington. It's Chris Smith. We're making a movie. <laughs> Is how I'm going to celebrate learning that I'm making a movie. Followed by awkward applause. Break, awkward applause. Break, awkward applause. Minutes of applause. I mean, in in, in their defense, it was like the first time it was for a billion dollars. So that's some real money. Yeah. No, I know. I would applaud for a while for a billion dollars. I would applaud in, in like poorly cut together waves. 
<laughs> also joining us today, she doesn't really believe in the internet, in Chicago, Illinois. Please <laughs> welcome Sarah Hathaway. I am a fashion model. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Oh, look. Victoria's Secret just called. They want you as their cover girl. Yes, but by the second movie, I will still be unemployed and looking to break into the movie business. I mean, you know, if there's anything that they could have had, they could have drawn on, it, it would be not being successful as actors. Yeah. They had that yeah. ready to, I, for any inspiration. They were, they were playing themselves. How could they have gotten it wrong? <laughs> you know what the first thing Tanya said when, when she saw that girl in her underwear is she's got to lose 10 pounds if she's going to be a lingerie model. Ouch. And put it back in her boobs. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that is a billion dollar idea, Hap, if you can find a way to market that. Pause. <laughs> Things. Um, I liked uh, I liked the do- bird doctor who stood on bridges. <laughs> <laughs> who sounded like he was lying every time. <laughs> Naturalistic actor. Did, right? Okay, well, shouldn't didn't we? You guys, didn't you guys know that uh, that uh, birds evolved from uh, 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 dinosaurs? <laughs> Would it take that fun fact that we all learned in Jurassic Park and then actually make it sound like a lie? Um, I think you just like look, guys. I'll do your stupid movie, but I only have one rule, and that's one take, no redos. <laughs> I like that. That's why they call him. One take McGillicuddy. <laughs> Terrible actor McGillicuddy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, let's find out the plot of Birdemic and Birdemic 2. Uh, <laughs> yep. What? Surprisingly what? complex. <laughs> Is it? Surprisingly I feel like I can boil this down. Well, let's leave it to Chris. He's the expert summarizer for his freakish recall on his dulcet tones. Chris, today I would like you to summarize in the style of an awkward first date that somehow works. Okay, I- I'm really nervous. Okay. <laughs> oh, here's a flower i got it for you um so in various locations in california global warming has pissed off mother nature to the nth degree and she will not take it anymore um there's this guy rod who is a software businessman in silicon valley who wears polo shirts and has a new venture into efficient solar panels uh he meets natalie no no i like your dress too um he meets natalie a girl who went to his high school who's an aspiring model Uh, They go on dates at Vietnamese food, and they talk about their ideal partners, having backup careers, respecting family, and also uh, the environment. Um, And and all of a sudden, after a couple dates, birds fucking attack them because Mother Nature won't take this marriage or this this coupling anymore. Um, Rod and Natalie are at a hotel, and they join a small group of survivors, including two children, and they make their way through this bird attack hellscape shooting and or narrowly missing birds with infinity bullets from their guns <laughs> as they go um, eventually they stumble upon a, a tree hugging guy who lives in the woods and he gives them a message about getting along with nature and after about one more attack the birds go away <laughs> the end <laughs> Birdemic 2 happens in the years since the first movie, where Rod and Natalie are still together, and they've moved to L.A., and Natalie now wants to be an actress, and Rod is looking for new business ventures. They meet up with Rod's old friend Bill, who's a movie director who had a hit 
at Sundance years back, but his last movie was ruined by a lack of creative control. He's looking to make his comeback film, which is vaguely about struggling to make it in Hollywood and references classic films like Sunset Boulevard, in which it is totally indie and he has creative control. Can we say creative control? One more time. Together. Creative control. Obviously, he's got a thing. Yeah, he's got a thing. Um, So Bill casts struggling actress Gloria as his star and also dates Gloria. And uh, (laughs) And his lover. Yeah. um, Rod, the guy from the first movie, will be the EP. And his girlfriend Natalie will have a starring role. So this works out for everybody. Um, So during production, mysterious red rain falls on Los Angeles and specifically the La Brea Tar Pits and revives ancient furious birds from the tar pits and also a couple of cavemen who are confused it's the uh, classic story <laughs> of red rain falls and brings everything back to life that's right including zombies that. yeah um, so there's zombies so now there's another string of bird attacks that have to do with something about global warming and red rain um, and in the same pattern they and a few friends try to make their way through this hellscape of birds attacking them all the time and never stopping and then, after a speech by the same goddamn tree hugger, they survive one more attack and the birds go away. For now. For also now, inexplicably. guys. Yeah, for no good reason. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there weren't even doves to chase them this time. No. I'm pretty sure this movie was shot sequentially with a handy cam. Yeah. And uh, with no boom mic, no so- sound guy, no nothing, just uh, just that. And it's like the room does the birds twice is what we watched <laughs> mm-hmm. that's the best summary ever like that was your 10 word summary yeah. yeah it's like the room does the birds twice <laughs> well and actually really to be fair it's like the bird it's like the room does the birds once and then makes a sequel where they they're sort of aware that it's funny a little there are a couple yeah. lines but that's about it yeah. yeah. All right. Well, let's see if there's anything nice to say about these two movies. We're going to go. Uh, we're going to do the compliment sandwich. That's how we start and end every show. Sarah, you have the right to go first or last in this opening compliment. Which do you prefer? Um, I'd like to go first. No. I'm just kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, oh, I was like, well, I, don't, I held everyone up. I might deserve it. Um, so it's rare to me to see a disaster movie where all of the disasters are afterthoughts. (laughs) So I thought this took a really inventive form, particularly in the second one where there are menacing cavemen, um, blood raining from the sky, giant eagles and giant prehistoric eagles. There's a slight implication the fossils might be coming to life in the nature museum. Yes. And, you know, straight up zombies, but none of them are really on screen very much or seem to have much of an effect on more than 10 people in the Los Angeles area. Or anything more, more than gifts. They were, they yeah. were gifts. Yeah, it, Chris didn't mention that the, 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 bird, the bird forms are shockingly simple. Yeah. <laughs> like, there is CG. They're not, like, hanging stuffed birds, but they're, like, someone cut out in MS Paint a bird and then, like, dragged it across the frames. Like, this would be... This would be, like, unacceptable if it was, like, the default screensaver for Windows 95. (laughs) But in the first one, when they were, like, on that date and they see the, like, parrots or whatever fly by, my notes say in all capital letters, uh, oh, God, the computer animated birds. Khaleesi, your dragons have escaped. (laughs) (laughs) We found the dragons. Guys, Khaleesi. Where are your dragons? They are on this boardwalk on a terrible date. (laughs) All right. Let's uh, let's keep plugging away with the compliments. I'm going to go second. Uh, 
I I really like in the first movie uh, Mr. Bag's sales tactic because he's so he's a software sales guy, and sure. this is what he says into the phone closing his big deal. What will it take for me to win your business today? Uh huh. Okay, I'll give you that and a fifty percent discount. So his sales technique is to find out exactly what he needs to do to earn the sale. And then for no reason, also take 50% off the price after he's already convinced the person. Totally worked, though, so, right? So that was his give, biggest sale ever. It would have well, been twice as big if he had Yeah, it would have been a $2 price, million dollar sale if he hadn't said that, and the guy yeah. was already ready to do the sale. Yeah. Like, if, if, he, if Rod had been the one negotiating with Oracle, they would have bought his company for $500 million. <laughs> yeah. That's what he does. He talks people out of paying full price once they've agreed to pay full price. <laughs> I wish he'd negotiate with the birds a little bit more, where it's like, all right, birds, you want to ki- attack me and kill me? You can do it twice. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So I'm going to let you do that because that's what it's going to take. And also, spit acid on my face. I actually kind of think he kind of did let him do it twice because there was the sequel. So, like, good job, Rob. <laughs> negotiating. <laughs> Oh, yeah, uh, sorry, that just reminded was... me. A, a thing about the birds again, for the CG birds, we should also mention that they don't just attack people. They do a flyby, like, talon oh. neck thing. Yeah, they also... A flyby garage. Don't say anything more. Don't say okay. anything more. Ez, I'd like yeah. to hear your compliment. <laughs> the birds, for no good reason, seem to be fireballs. They explode. Yeah, they do also explode when they hit anything. Like, I like, thought that was their poop. <laughs> You thought for some reason they had explosive poop? Is that what I did? I was so confused by the whole thing. I looked away for one second and I turned back to my computer screen and there was just fireballs everywhere. It was the the birds just exploded and also spit acid. And they make plane sounds when they dive bomb. Yeah. Yeah. Chris, that leaves just you. What's your major compliment? Uh my major compliment is that Birdemic 2, as a sequel, attempts at least to be consistent with reality. In yeah. at least one incredibly specific way. I assume that they... So, I mentioned that they had two small I just children. I note that Ezra said, yeah, before you said, in only one specific way. <laughs> well, suggesting he can think of at least one more. So, absolutely, William, the boy kid from the first movie. Um, and there's Susan, the girl kid from the first movie. And William says that Susan couldn't be here at the museum today. Because she got a disease from the fish that Rod cooked in the first film. <laughs> that Rod managed to fuck now, that up. It's very I true. I screamed that- out loud when they said that. <laughs> well, the kid, he's like, they're at the museum and they're like having a great time. And he turns and looks at the camera. Susan couldn't be here today. Yeah, no, it's just crazy. Um, now, it's really true that if you catch a fish right off of Los Angeles, you probably shouldn't eat that fish, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, that would kill. That would kill the weak. That would kill the weak, and that's. I mean, I get it, but at the same time, this you know is so unscientific for other reasons. Did you actually? Did you even? Did you cover in your summary? Remind me. Did you cover the kids and where they came from? No, just the kids weren't that there were two kids in the first movie. So what happens is that like for some reason the birds are tagging. So boyfriend and girlfriend jump in the car. They go on a double date in this van to just go rescue whoever looks like they need help. <laughs> And they are not good, by the way. Dates. A lot of people die needlessly. She's th- these are terrible dates. She's driving around, and they see <laughs> no this. Vietnamese food anywhere. Oh, there's a van, and she gets out, and she's like, "Oh, look, husband and wife are dead in this van. Oh, but there are two children under the van. Let's put them in our van and drive away with them." Well, one is under the van. The other one was in the trunk. Oh, yeah. No explanation given. <laughs> yeah, that couple kidnapped two kids. He had locked himself in. 
And that then, couple kidnapped the, at least one of those kids. And then those <laughs> kids, well, maybe that, that does actually explain why they're not so bummed that their parents are dead. Because they pretty much just go about the day and just like, well, new parents, can we get candy? Are we there yet? Are we there? Yeah. I want a happy meal. Yeah. I don't want this seaweed. That's the other thing. Like, I don't remember In her Susan defense actually, that later killed her. Susan did not eat the fish as far as I know. Right, I don't was, think it, yeah. Just that being, part there's a lot of problems Rod's, with that Rod's scene. cooking is so bad that being near it kills you. <laughs> 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 All right, let's uh, so let's get into our anchor segment today. Uh, we're suffering from a bit of global hating here, and so we all need to reduce our hate bin footprint. Yeah. Wait, it's not it's not climb hate change. Oh, that's even better. Oh, oh snap, son. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I have a I have a I have a hate. Um, yeah, it just kind yeah. of jumps off what we were just talking about. In I have any a, order, I, what is something you dislike about Birdemic or Birdemic Two? Yeah. Okay. I, I have a Los Angeles hate. Um, about the which, city generally or its portrayal in this movie? Portrayal in this movie. I'll tolerate either. You'll tolerate either. Um, so if they're already at the La Brea Tar Pit, why would you go there when LACMA, the L.A. County Museum of Art, is right there? Uh, it's a much better day, and they would not have w- awoken those prehistoric birds. I, well, I w- the yeah, rain I w- still would have. Are you suggesting the rain would have had? A uh, they also would have been. Yeah, well, definitely. You know, they've got some <laughs> Rodans. They've got yeah, they've got some good stuff. Um, do they have any dinosaur bones? I don't understand your hate. My hate is uh, my hate is that Lacma is much better than La Brea, and why would, would you go to the tar pits? La Brea more, more. I'm not mature enough for an art museum, but I love dinosaur bones. Okay. Uh, my other Los Angeles hate is that they didn't steal a food truck and ride around in a food truck making tacos. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that would have been awesome. I mean, if you're gonna be, they insisted upon being in cars, even though they said many times the fossil fuels were the reasons why the birds were attacking. I know, couldn't they have just gone by bike? They would have been fine. Yeah, Yeah, or like even just yeah, being a more awesome car. Although the guy who owned the van thought the van was awesome because they meet him and he says, "Damn birds scratched my van." Also, that van was a piece of shit. If they're upset about the fossil fuel usage, why were they killing the people in the double decker bus who are clearly? (laughs) <laughs> saving fossil fuels by riding in a, Ooh, in a city. Well, let me talk transport. about that bus for one second. Because, like, right. um, no one really seems to understand how windows work, I think, in this movie is the issue. Like, yeah. there's, like, just riding around with windows down all the time. Like, if things from the outside are trying to kill you, keep the windows up. Like, that's yeah. that's safety 101. Yeah, but air conditioning, you know, just uses all that extra gas. Yeah, all that fossil fuel. Well, <laughs> I have another hate, I guess, for, like, realism in this world. Yeah, go for it. Um, why was there a soul singer at an empty Irish bar? <laughs> yeah, that was Lip Half Moon Bay is a weird little town with weird little customs. Sarah. Was that the same soul singer that was in L.A. later at an empty yes, bar? Yes, he made it, guys. Yeah. He made it. Yeah, and he was in like what was supposed to be a club with eco-friendly glow sticks, which is also hilarious. Yeah. Um, in the second one, but in the first one, it was just like they went to an Irish bar on a date. Yep. The bar was totally empty except for them, and then this soul singer shows up and sings a song about family. Uh-huh. About hanging and out with your family and how that's the best. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and then they have sex. Yeah. Well, well they're turned on by that idea of family barbecue. They have barbecue. bikini rubbing. They, they rub bikinis. They rub yeah. bikinis. They yeah. Um, also, I, well, in the, in, the Los, in the Los Angeles scene, later with that same soul singer, he's 
holding just a very standard Sure SM58 microphone, not plugged into anything. <laughs> it is clearly a corded microphone with a space at the bottom where you would plug something in, and there is nothing plugged in. Yeah, this kind of goes to the bigger sound issues that the movie had. Like, I just, <laughs> I everyone should know this right away. The closer you are to a microphone, the better you sound. The further you uh-huh. away from microphone, the worse it sounds. The quieter. So you it need, is. yeah, you need to have like. They had at least one boom microphone in the movie for the fake movie uh, that they showed at one point. And like, also was... the two different times where you could see the boom mic operator in a right. mirror. Like, did they just forget oh, to use yeah? it? What yeah. happened? I missed that part. Um, I always look for people in reflections, usually, too. Yeah, there were two different ones. See I wanted the first one in the second one. Yeah, I w- I'm always checking for vampires. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, there was... There was yeah, like, you're right, because like... there, there was the two fake movie scenes... Because the birds in the in the LA one attack movie sets, the second oh, one being what I, I guess we would call like uh, naked murder tag. That seemed like a much Basically better movie, like, right, guys? Yeah. <laughs> like an eighties eighties teen sex horror comedy. So it's just three topless ladies in a in a, a locker room just going like, "He has a crush on you." No, he has a crush on you. And then a guy with a knife runs in, and then they all like run around the lockers, and he has a lot of. It's that like like classic i'm trying to catch you but i don't want to catch you actually because he like tries to reach at them when they're within reach has to pull his arms back and then <laughs> yeah like he keeps intentionally missing them and and they run in circles around the i would have liked to have seen where that movie went and then every single time they came over and they're like oh she's dead they had like a close-up on their boobs which i think was supposed to be self-aware because they're talking about like where's the boobs at the beginning of the movie yeah but then they showed the men and all the men had their tops on so i wanted some man boobs to even it out a little bit <laughs> i did like the oh she's dead like scenario because i kept on going on like she's dead they're all dead she's dead yes, they're all dead but they're oh, all dead still too. dead they're all dead guys all right, she's all part of all. the all yeah why are we still surprised by this prehistoric vultures got into a closed movie set silently <laughs> hey guys this is a closed set all right yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but i love that the armed guards were but three seconds away at all times so once they appeared it was one count two count three count armed guards appear start shooting up the entire set and, yeah. uh, and then die sometime off screen <laughs> They start shooting, and then the actors are like, like the boom mic operator tries to fight the birds off with this boom mic, which is why we couldn't hear anybody in that scene. And then, as a reference to the first movie, they're like, grab some hangers, and they fight them off with hangers because good continuity, though, right? Like they did kind of do good continuity between first and second movie. I'll I'll say it's the it's the rare uh, sequel that does not get worse. (laughs) Okay, I might have missed this, but uh, or heard it wrong, but I think at one point, like. The doctor guy said La Brea is English for tar. Yeah, he, yes, he did he say did. La Brea translates to the tar in English. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure tar is English for tar. Unless no, I'm, I'm well, balls. pretty sure it's just Spanish. Well, <laughs> I'm willing to, I don't know, guys. I'm a scientist. I need more evidence to prove my hypothesis. <laughs> the insane thing about this movie is, like, there's actually a much better movie in the movie. Just, like, if you had spent, like, any amount of time fixing the audio. Yeah, with with better audio, and if you edited every sh- every scene like three minutes shorter, yeah, it would like, be a totally different. Like film. this could totally be a fun ten minute movie. Like, <laughs> I don't know, ten minutes is a weird amount of time because like with YouTube, I don't watch anything over three. Okay, it's and, a totally interesting three minute movie. Yeah, I think if you get it to YouTube length, I mean, ten is Vimeo length, and I don't know, I just I watch the first minute of a Vimeo movie, and then I'm just like, ugh. Yeah, Video feels too pretentious to me. Yeah, exactly. You're an artist. I'm going to go watch some cat movies on YouTube. 
Oh, but have you seen Girl Walk? That's pretty good. Oh, guys, no. wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. <laughs> what if they had just unleashed a bunch of cats? Kitty Yeah, <laughs> it's cats falling at the sky, slicing people's throats. Oh no! I thought. Yeah, it was wouldn't a- you love to see that guy in a cowboy hat walk slowly backwards with that stolen gas, and a kitty just flies by <laughs> and like adorably claws out his throat? They, I like the idea in the second one, if because it was just the blood just made anything come back to life. So if there was just like a little tiny like kid drawn cross in a backyard. And it was like the house kitty had died, and they brought it back to life. It's just a sad, lonely kitty walking around. Yeah, it's still I'm old. It lived clawing a good out life. people's throats. Yeah, yeah, but lazily, well loved um, mittens. Well, actually, my my thinking was like, so they have a bird demic, but then they have to like release a cat demic to take care of the bird demic. Oh. They have to have like a dog demic to chase so away you're, the cat you're think, demic. You're, you're thinking barn cat demic. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so it's like it's, it's like a demic of escalations, you know? Right, right. Yeah, the dog like, demic. Yeah, like a cougar demic to get rid of the dog demic, and then like a pterodactyl demic, <laughs> and then you're back to the bird demic again. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a circle, circle of demic, of bird demics, and it rules us all with its acid shit <laughs> <laughs> and improbable explosions. As it falls. Public service announcement has been brought to you by read-weep.com slash Amazon. Amazon, the internet's leading supplier of jelly bellies. Wait, is that true? No, mm, I don't know. Probably not. Awesome. Meanwhile, in a giant eagle's nest. Hi, I'm Bill. I'm Larry. And I am name called sometimes Spaghetti Squash. We're members of National Eagle Awareness Committee. We educate the public about eagles, the noblest of creatures, and make sure they're properly depicted in movies. We used to be symbols of freedom in America, but thanks to those terrible movies Birdemic and Birdemic 2, people think we're vicious murderers. Feelings! There we go seven times, but nothing happens except thinking in large pictures. Eagles aren't anything like the eagles in Birdemic. We can't hover in midair, we need to flap our wings to fly, and we can't scream. Heck, we can't even talk. In order to do this PSA, we had to use Google Translate to translate from eagle thought to English. Except Spaghetti Squash. She accidentally said hers from eagle thought to pig Latin to Yiddish to Afrikaans and then back to English. So hers might not be spot on, but we have no way to tell. I know a wig's better than butter! Great point, Squashy. We don't dive bomb or explode on impact or spit gallons of acid. Who do you think we are, Space Shark? Great minds have paper bags over pirate lion. Even global warming couldn't make eagles, the noblest of creatures, evil. We hunt to survive, and then only when we can't afford to get our favorite food, jelly bellies. In fact, global warming definitely isn't real. And even if it was, it wouldn't have been caused by humans. And even if it was caused by humans, definitely not by humans who work at Chevron. Wait, what? Question mark? Really? I can prove it. Here, look at this Chevron brand science report. Siesta dreams! On an unrelated note, I used the money I received from being open-minded about what a great future oil can bring to the earth to buy lots of stuff from read-weep.com slash Amazon. Amazon's great bargains stretch my ill-gotten dollar further, and by going to read-weep.com slash Amazon every time I shop, I support my favorite podcast. It's the noble thing to do. But I thought we were an organization that stood for truth and would never sell out, no matter what. 
Also, I forgot to tell you guys, the National Eagle Awareness Committee just received a grant for $1 million from an anonymous donor. Untranslatable expletive! I'm going to buy a million jelly bellies! Go to read-weep.com slash Amazon every time you buy stuff and let the great values sweep away any issues you have about selling out. Also, try new crude oil spill-flavored jelly bellies. They certainly weren't caused by humans and taste only of birds. Here's a million dollars. Thanks, buddy. Come from the pot and pan. Come from another land. Come with a better game, baby. I'm the bird Alright, so for our next game, I want to play King of Bullshit Mountain. So the way we're going to do this is there's a lot of inexplicable things in this movie, and one of us is going to have to try to explain them all away. But at any point, if that person gets stumped, the person who stumped him becomes king of Bullshit Mountain and takes over the responsibilities of explicabling the inexplicable. <laughs> so, Chris, I think you were the reigning champion from last time, so I'm going to have you go first as the Rattle. king of the mountain. Okay. So um, Chris, Chris is on the mountain. Uh, I guess I'm going to go first. I'll give you great. something, Chris, so you can start out. Um so in the first, awesome. well, this, the second scene in the movie, the first one is like eight minutes of him driving up a mountain, and uh, or just driving on the countryside. Um, yeah, which I'd really like that eight minutes of my life back because I spent six hours driving today before I had to watch these movies through beautiful mountain countryside, and I was kind of done with it. Oh, it didn't help that the camera wasn't stable either. No, super mm-hmm. unhelpful. Uh, you guys are all chumps for watching it at one time speed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, so the second scene, though, he goes into a cafe, gets a menu, is seated at a table, and that table has a full coffee cup, a half-empty glass of orange juice, and a <laughs> bottle of water. <laughs> Hasn't ordered any food yet, and he's already got all the breakfast drinks. Where can uh, I go to this cafe where they can anticipate my needs that well? Uh, Half Moon Bay, son. Half Moon Bay is an is affluent nice? community on the California coast, mm-hmm. and they believe in such things as medium lukewarm coffee, medium <laughs> lukewarm orange juice, and medium lukewarm water all sitting out in front of you. But follow-up but, question, how is medium lukewarm anything different than just lukewarm? Well, you wouldn't want... It's it's like... it's like when you I just mean with, right in the middle of Luke. Like like <laughs> super tepid. The Luke is the like warm. UK? <laughs> yeah. The, it's the, it's the, the mean of tepid. Yeah. But with a smile, you know? Yeah. <laughs> lukewarm with a smile yeah. nice um i have a follow-up fossil fuels question of course uh-huh. if the birds only attack people emitting fossil fuels yes. which they said several times in both movies yes. why did they go after those cavemen having sex oh very good question those cavemen were frolicking in a field that I can only assume contained a lot of legumes. Now, the first fossil fuels can often be confused with methane or farts. Uh-huh. So as they were having sex, some lunch was rumbling around in there, and I can only think that those eagles got a little confused. And boy, was their face red when they dive bomb and realized that they were, you know, coitus interrupting. How, now, how did those fucking cavemen end up in uh, L.A. again? They were in the La Brea tar pits. They floated to the surface in the blood rain. Right. Why are you helping him? <laughs> oh, sorry. <Is> a, <laughs> oh, no. Chris, I think you just got usurped. That, that was yeah, a steal. Is, that Sarah was a steal. Yeah. She's oh, not no. of bullshit mountain. I'm sad I remembered that part. Sarah, I have a question for you. <laughs> yes. How come cavemen have sex with all of their skins on? <laughs> uh... Well, it looked like they were dry humping. I guess is what I'm asking. Do cave did yes. cavemen dry hump? Is that accurate? Um, I think it's safe to say that they did. Uh, cavemen culture had a lot of the traditions that we still have today. Making murals, for instance, enjoying campfires, <laughs> rocking some fur. You know, yeah. uh, they had some UGG boots on those cave people. I think and I've I done think all three of those in the last week. You're right. <laughs> 
Those are basically yeah. like bikinis that they had, you know, and we yes. have bikini sex now, so they had not bikini sex then. You know, and sometimes you just want to, like, have a little bit of that kind of teasing friction going on without a lot of skin-to-skin contact. Now, when it you is say the you in this situation, all. who are you talking about? Because I've never felt that way. <laughs> oh, I have the other people in the world that feel that way. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, furries. You, them, I guess. <laughs> furries, sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I, I have a quick question. Uh-huh. Um, so, in Birdemic 2, when the blood rain brings up humans and also dead humans from the cemetery so zombies uh everyone's like don't let the zombies bite you you'll get infected how come the dead birds that were not resurrected also in also not infecting people if you get clawed in the neck by a zombie bird from the same red rain how come you yourself don't become a zombie sarah and as an added bonus how come the people who were recently killed by birds and then get hit with rain don't also become zombies crickets well i think the thing to remember here is that uh yeah the zombie uh, is uh. a symbol of the profane i'm sorry there was an l train Uh, (laughs) the zombie is a symbol of the profane correct so this has to do with the idea of the human soul um a bird does not have a soul Bird Jesus notwithstanding. <laughs> Do not so bring bird Jesus human... into this. Wait, wait, wait. So you're saying there is a bird Jesus, but that he can't save your soul because you don't have one? Oh, he's not bestowing it upon the other birds because the other birds don't have souls. They're not as blessed. Oh, I don't want to get job. into a lot of bird theology right now. <laughs> That's exactly bird what Jesus has it easy. Wait a second. Let's get into more bird Jesus stuff. I'm sorry. Uh, bird bird so... Jesus and bird Satan are having an argument over your not having a soul. Yeah. What are they and fighting for if no one has souls? None of the birds have souls. Who are they trying to get into heaven and hell? Yeah. I think it's all a lot of squawking to me. <laughs> I think... <laughs> Chris's well puns said. notwithstanding. <laughs> yeah. Um, I but... think she's stumped, as I think you got her with the, the bird theology. I think you're king of Bullshit Mountain now. Yeah, I think I... you are, too. I, I admit defeat. <laughs> as I have some Natalie and Rod questions. For oh, you. bring them mm. on. Um, got a lot. So, so when Rod and Natalie first meet each other... Rod professes that he has no idea where Natalie is from and asks where she's from. However, one sentence earlier says they went to the same high school and then he sat behind her in class. Mm-hmm. How does he not know that they're from the same town? Mm. Yeah. So Rod, uh, Rod is just doing what we are known as uh, the game or the mystery method, uh, mm-hmm. where you don't really listen and you lie a whole bunch. <laughs> <laughs> That's a pretty solid answer. Yeah. Um, I got a question as yeah. IMDB has a list of goofs for this movie. Isn't that redundant? <laughs> well, it's sort of like the top goofs, you know, the best of the goofs. The goof mm. hall of goof fame. So so like uh the the son who's who's like part goof and part cool. It is like a goofy movie, yes. It's like Max Max Goof from uh, a goofy movie. Yeah, Yeah, it's like Max. He's the best of the goofs. (laughs) He said, like, the sun, and I was still on Bird Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. the the, the Holy Trinity. Guys, here's the real question. Father Goof and Holy Goof. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Seagull. What are you talking about? What do you want? (laughs) Um, So, Ezra, how can we pretend that Natalie's attractive when she has the dirtiest feet ever? <laughs> what? Man, you, I'm so glad I didn't watch this movie with you and Tanya because you two are some judgy motherfuckers. Wow, who cares about feet? 
Yeah, you didn't answer the question. Also, I would like to point out in Ezra's defense before he even has to say anything, feet are always gross, dirty or clean. You shouldn't be looking at feet. If you I wanted, know, the if bottoms of her feet were black. They were black. The bottoms of her feet are too much for you? Yeah. You would not date a girl because the bottoms of her feet were dirty. Do you know That's... where the ground is in proportion to your feet? It's under it. Yeah, good luck. That's where the ground lives. <laughs> That's where the ground lives. That's I'm gonna give this one to Alex. Society. I expect people to kind of bathe every once in a while. <laughs> All right, uh, Alex. Alex, I think you win this. I'm taking. A, I, I won. I won. Ding ding this ding. It's like hot potato. It doesn't matter how long you held the potato. It's whoever has it at the end. That's right. <laughs> it's whoever I'm tired of playing the game hot potato. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it's it's, it's uh, right in the middle, lukewarm potato. That's the game I play. <laughs> Medium tepid. <laughs> All right, it's time for the second half of our compliment sandwich. We're going to go in reverse order of the way we went in the opening compliment. So for your minor compliment, Chris, you are up first. What is it? Oh, that's right. Last um, nice thing you'll ever have to say about Birdemic or Birdemic 2. You know, I do have another Los Angeles compliment here. Um, and and that is that this movie demonstrates that people seem to be just fine walking on foot around their California cities, both in San Jose, Half Moon Bay, and in Los Angeles, the main characters pretty much walk everywhere. I didn't think it could be done, and knowing the size of Los Angeles blocks, most people choose not to walk, but it's nice to know that this movie reports an alternative to fossil fuel burning transportation, and that's just using your own two feet. It's probably that his plug-in hybrid Mustang ran out of gas. <laughs> Doesn't exist. We can, we can agree that would be cool, though, if it did exist, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, if it, if it was a super cool car. If it yeah. wasn't so busy not existing, it would be a really cool thing. Yeah. I well, want to be friends with it, anyone who has a Mustang. took a break from not existing for a few minutes. Yeah. Well, it's it's only flaw that I can see is that it doesn't exist. Everything else is flawless about that car. I, oh my gosh, guys, I just realized. What? Rod is Christian Grey. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, the Mustang is Charlie Tango? And the Mustang is Charlie Tango. Think about it. They're, they make these improbable billion-dollar deals. Uh-huh. They trick these gullible women into having sex with them he, before creepy disasters He happen. doesn't like removing his shirt. He doesn't seem to need no. to be at work very often. Yeah. And uh, he's really into sustainable energy. He is, that's and true. And making a billion dollars. Mm-hmm. Wait, so... And, uh, was, yeah, this checks out, guys. All, all, and all the birds were just the crazy ex right? Yeah. <laughs> I look just Give like me your, your mom. Ah, oh, ah. oh, Layla. Oh, they Poor. all look exactly the same. Poor kids. <laughs> uh, all right, continuing backwards. Ezra, what is your minor compliment? It's going to be a compliment to Natalie. Uh, when they're ransacking um, the gas station, uh, I guess for supplies. Yes. Um, she seems to be uh, going for the champagne. Oh, and, this is mine. <laughs> and I would argue that it's never a bad time to get some champagne. You it's might Sarah's have drinking champagne right now. Yeah. Yeah, I am. Well, it's just, an, like, you it's think an apocalypse, it. right? You might as well. If it, it, No, it's just good logic. Because, like, one, if you die, all right, didn't matter either way. But if you won the apocalypse, you need something to celebrate with. <laughs> <laughs> you deserve it. Yeah. Yeah, you beat the birdemic. Good job. It's time you, for a you champagne waited, apocalypse. You waited until the birds got tired and went somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, depending on the direction they were flying, they were probably going to China because they got all of those fossil fuel problems there now. Mm. Mm. And that's They're, why they have avian flu? Yeah. 
Because of the... Wait, who? Avian flu. The bird flu. Yeah, the birds have it or the Chinese people? Well, Everyone when, does. Yeah, everyone does. They're all dead, Alex. They're all dead. <laughs> so this is sort of like... One third uh, of us cannot reproduce birds. <laughs> <laughs> and the other two thirds should not, probably. So you're, you're saying the bird flu is just like herpes. Like we just... Everyone's got it at this point and there's no point in worrying about it? That is not what herpes is, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very bad misunderstanding of herpes. I think that's what yeah. It means. Don't assume things about who has herpes. <laughs> All right. Anyway, let's move on. Uh, so, for my minor compliment, um, they get Coke out of a Pepsi vending machine. <laughs> and I no. in the apocalypse, anything goes, Alex. <laughs> you got to think they, that that tr- truck driver had to dis- had to distribute his Coke, and he had to put it into any machine he had a key for. <laughs> <laughs> any machine in the storm. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, right. Uh, any any machine in a birdemic. That's what they say. It's an old Indian saying. Mm-hmm. I think it's actually what La Brea means in English. <laughs> in English. <laughs> um, anyway, they, well, I like the thought either that or that they just double charge for product placement. Like they went to Pepsi and were like, "We're going to have a Pepsi machine." These guys get soda out of, and Pepsi was like, "Cool, we'll pay you." And they went to Coke and he's like, "We're going to get this machine, and they're going to get Coke out of it." And Coke, so they double billed for that same machine. It's it's more likely that like, uh, I guess like. Canada Dry Ginger Ale was like, like smear both Coke and Pepsi, please put them in your movie. <laughs> yeah, and then Rod was like, "How much will it take to get that in?" Because I'll take half. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you want. Whatever you wanted to pay, I'll take less. Oh, all right, Sarah, your minor compliment. This is for the tree hugger. Um, I think Cher's looking really good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad, Best I'm glad actor in the movie by far. <laughs> the tree hugger. Oh, yeah. He lives in a treehouse. Then he lives in the western set of the movie Backlot. Which is not really a set, is it? (laughs) Mm -hmm. That's that's more of a just they went somewhere. Oh, with my other favorite character, the sexy cowgirl who couldn't get out of an unlocked cabin. (laughs) That was crazy. So, like, the the sexy cowgirl, like, so that was the safe place, right? She was like, help, I'm in this cabin that I locked myself in, which kept me safe. Let me leave it now, and, and then I'll get killed by an eagle. Yeah, yep. it, nobody seemed like they wanted to stay put. Like, even the bed against the hotel window seemed to be working just fine. And then yeah. they decided to leave and go yeah. get the ability to help other... I mean, just to get in a van and go drive around looking for people to help. Finding people who they who they can't help. Yeah, yeah who died in front of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, really, what they were doing is they were shopping for the newly orphaned children. Yeah. <laughs> Surely there's got to be one some here, somewhere. Let's look under the vans, guys. Look under every van. You... To just casually adopt later. <laughs> yeah. Uh, once the once the eagles are done, child protective services, right? Isn't that? Yep. You don't want to raise that kid. You don't know where he's been. I would love them to like rehabilitate. He's already got herpes the... and blue bird flu. We just know that. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, what if they manage to like rehabilitate some of the birds and like just integrate them into society? So like, child protective services is now just like a flock of birds. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> They're just killing bad parents. Sometimes. <laughs> yes. Sometimes, as you take a lot of jumps. Uh, you take a lot of steps at one time, and I'm having trouble keeping up. I just so, I like the idea that they have all these excess birds who like are like you know like angry, and they like it's like well look we can't just get rid of all the birds here, uh, but we can train them. It turns out, and now like the DMV is run by birds. <laughs> it's a natural resource. I mean, the problem is that the birds are losing their native culture, and so they have to work even harder to try to preserve this that. You know, That's right. Very few birds actually speak bird anymore. Yeah. 
<laughs> How many of them actually speak eagle thought anymore? Most of it, it's just it's just English or Spanish or Afrikaans. Yeah, chicks yeah. don't even know about bird Jesus, guys. <laughs> uh, they're, they're losing a lot of the bird lore. Yeah. <laughs> it's a real yeah. problem. It is. And actually, really, it's not even bird Jesus that matters as much. In Southern California, it's mostly about uh, the Virgin Mary. Oh. Oh. Was that too good for you to laugh? It was too clever. It was, it was really good. I got no laughs, but I deserved some. It, it basically, whenever there's something like that, it means it required too much thought. and it. I'll it, just, I'll take one of these. Yeah. A billion dollars, Alex. A billion dollars. We're making a joke. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that is it for our show. Thank you so much for joining us. We are going to be back again next week. Next week, we are going to be talking about the book Nice Girls Don't Have Fangs by Molly Harper. That one's sponsored by Joanne, who read some amount of it on a business trip but couldn't finish it. Um, And, uh, you know, so we finally got some more chick-lit vampire romance. Finally, right, you guys? Yay! Can I just say that I've already finished it, and it's by far my favorite girl vampire story you've ever uh, oh this is gonna be by weird far my I'm, favorite ripoff of true blood i'm like seven seven eighths or whatever like seven hours into it however long it is anyway i'm most oh. of the way through and it's uh it's not bad I'm, i mean yeah it's not good but it's, I'm enjoying it's definitely it. not the worst thing we've done it's, yeah this is one of those this is one of those easy assignments uh, sort of like birdemic and birdemic 2 so thanks again to bambi and the porcelain llama theater podcast about uh RPGs and dice and things. Thanks so much. Yeah. Sorry about I, your mom. Yes. <laughs> anyway, we really appreciate both of you guys, everybody who's sponsored. If you would like sponsor topic, read dashweek.com and go click on the sponsor, the dollar sign button in the upper left hand corner. You can also click on the buttons there to contact us, and there's a Facebook and a Twitter button up there so you can stay in contact with us. Find out all the hilarious things we're working on. We've had some very productive discussions, including recently where we farmed out the decision of picking which wedding movies we're going to watch in an upcoming episode. And you guys came through uh, with vigor. It was very impressive. So it's going to be awesome. So thanks for doing that. Read Deshweep.com. And that was all up in your listening corner. Thanks for being here at C. Walter Smith and at Ezra Fox. Hey, of, of course. course. And thank you so much for joining us, uh, Sarah. Do you have a favorite thing on the internet right now that you want to tell us about? Um, well, it's not really uh, a new thing, but the webcomic Hark a Vagrant Ooh, um, yeah. It's still just like really charming and delightful. The woman who um, does it, Kate Beaton, knows a lot about pretty much everything, but particularly like romantic literature. So if that's your thing, go check it out. Well, also, great. 18th century history. Yeah, and like insane amounts of history. Wow. And then also, of course, Meridian at IO Chicago. Yes, please come. Please come. See Dominating us. We're still the there. Chicago improv skyline. <laughs> yeah, we're huge. <laughs> we could stand to put 10 pounds into our boobs. <laughs> <laughs> Billion dollar idea. All right, uh, we'll see everybody next week. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Bye, everybody. Psh. Nothing from nothing beat nothing. You gotta have something.